0: Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Today on Brand Story, Inc., I'm excited to welcome George Hammer to the show. George is IBM's chief content officer where he runs the renowned IBM Originals, in my opinion, the gold standard and brand content studios. George has been at the helm since late 2016 after a run at SVP of Digitas North America. He also helped build and manage Discovery Communications' in-house digital agency. He's got a host of other stops, awards, and bio background we'll put in the show notes and we'll get into in a minute. Uh, George, welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me excited to be here
0: yeah i'm excited to have you i mean when i launched brand story inc in 2020 i had my sights set on three different people at brands that i didn't know that if i landed as guests it'd validate the podcast and george hammer you're one of those people so <laughs> uh,
1: Well it, it shows you the power of networking too you know i used to live in chicago and work with someone on your team and i'm a big fan of his work yep. um, and, and so you know i always try to help good people out and. You invite me on to, to, to have a chat with you, so I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited to have you, and you know, I will jump in. I read that when you were hired as chief content officer, you did a content audit that turned up some like 10 million pieces of content or some crazy number like that. And then you quickly put a stake in the ground with a quote, make less matter more quote yes. mantra, less content more effective, which I love. Yet, I'm having a hard time getting my head around a 700 person team content studio, decentralized with creators embedded within business units and teams. So I'd love for you to start by painting a picture of the org structure of IBM Originals and how it actually works behind the scenes.
1: Yes, so um, yeah, well, no, no one really believes that audit results of 10 million outside of the halls of IBM, by the way. <laughs> um, and- and but when you're in it you realize that uh we're a very uh we operate almost like a holding company very decentralized company Mm where we're like 18 different business units they all have their own general managers they all make over a billion dollars in revenue each i mean they're they're all amazing companies within this company and uh so you know there are many ways to approach uh work design and leadership um I wanted to make sure that I I made a, a, a team that worked mm-hmm. versus versus just um, being right. And I, I always know that the most, you know, just the same as design in um, architecture holds mm-hmm. true in org design. The simplest is often the best. But uh, we're not a very simple uh, company. No. <laughs> and, and we sell complex technology. Mm-hmm. So I spent the first hundred days interviewing people, learning about where I could push and couldn't push and where, um, the opportunities were. And it, it came down to the best model for us. It was a a decentralized brand studio in a federation model. Mm -hmm. So almost like, uh, you know, Star Wars was a federation before the empire. (laughs) Right. So Mm -hmm. we were, we had a federation, we put content needs in each business unit. They built their own teams and we, um, and they they work on getting to a great strategy and brief and sometimes they make it themselves because in this agile world you shouldn't be outsourcing everything to either an in-house or external uh Mm -hmm. production company see sometimes you you should make it yourself and iterate and tweak it um but there are other times where we work with uh, agencies media partners and uh our in-house production company now our in-house production company has been around almost like 20 years but they really started out as for geo versioning content and translating content around the world and my so we had people all over the place and my vision was to not just make derivatives but make stuff great Mm -hmm. and uh, to do that we needed to reduce the stuff people make so they're not just spending time taking orders, they're actually spending time doing thoughtful creation mm-hmm. and 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 making creative better. And so the mantra Make Less Matter More uh, was that um, I have a big team spread out everywhere mm-hmm. and, and to get change done and through, you have to be consistent, you have to be persistent, and you have to run it almost like an internal campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what I've been doing. Well, I, can on. I
0: jump in there? Because I think it's interesting. The federated model, right? I mean, to your point, is that like core production team part of the federation that then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I think the communication right. for so- someone like us, like our, our content studio is a fraction of the size here, and we're doing it for other clients as well, right? And so I think that part of like just communication and, and you know, across the 18 business units is, is really challenging for someone like me to get my head around. It's probably even more challenging for someone like you actually has to execute on it.
1: Yes. You know, it's not easy. Uh, we are, we are, uh, simplifying and tr- bringing it more together because there's a few learnings. One is it's not easy for, um, external per- people to partner with us. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we're a great partner. How, who do you know to go for what? Two is that, when everyone has their own budget uh, and approach, even mm-hmm. if they're federated, um, you know, and connected through a, a guild and a model like that, sometimes their local CMOs and teams will, you know, encourage them to to do something that might not be of uh, the best spent for the broader company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it might it's not the best model for budget governance. It is always that you know. <laughs> We could do a Harvard study about it because it's always best to put the people closest to the audience mm-hmm. who, who know the audience. Um, but that model scales less and less. Mm-hmm. And we're not in a world uh, anymore um, where, uh, you know, so the, the numbers of that are in the team, I would say, are, there's not nearly as many people as that there were because uh, we are starting to find synergies, bring people uh, more co- closely connected because we found there would be cases where different people working on similar things mm-hmm. and so uh, I think I think there's a happy medium and I think like with everything that the, the person who makes the completely centralized thinks that um, we can do everything perfect at a worldwide level is gonna be wrong <laughs> um, I love that the, <laughs> and, but the person who thinks that we should do everything locally by themselves is uh, going to be wrong because they're not—they're not—they're uh, not investing what's for the good of the overall, and they're uh, not efficiently using people and resources. So, um, I want—I believe that there needs to be an adaptive organization where we look at a brief and we decide what, what's the best model to do this and, and where should the work get done, and that would—that uh, would require not, you know, everything Everything is sitting in New York and not everything sitting everywhere. Um, and uh, But I do believe with this digital, you know, with COVID that pushed us more and more to being successful working digitally, I believe that we can execute a more distributed model in that, in that manner. Well, you've
0: often cited, uh, I've seen you cited the content in IBM as a company as a whole as tech for good, right? And before we get into case studies, Help us understand how you prioritize what stories get told. What's the strategic filter and the storytelling filter that you use?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say that uh, it, it, check for good so is is uh, an approach um, in which more than IBM and the, the entire industry is starting to rally around. But I, th- I think it's more just every company, every brand is more about what is uh, – looking hard in the mirror and understanding what their purpose is Mm -hmm. and then figuring out how to deliver content for that purpose. And our, our purpose over time has been, um, uh, we help our partners get from here to there. And we've been about progress that, uh, moves forward, business technology and society. And we live at the intersection of those three. And when only one of those bubbles or two of those bubbles win, then, Overall, the pie doesn't grow, Mm -hmm. but if you can develop stories, develop products, develop businesses that deliver upon all three of those, that's when we've seen us succeed. Think Smarter Planet in in that era. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd say first you have to know know thyself, right? It's (laughs) one of my favorite favorite lines from the Matrix, right? When Mm -hmm. when Neo has to look up at the sign and know thyself, right? And and then the second is then have a, an approach to a, a story filter. So we developed a common story filter for everyone to use since everyone is uh, in their own uh, little business units trying to figure out what is the right story. And uh, we started out calling it the ABC model for simplicity um, but eventually expanded upon it. But it's always, it has to start with the audience first. Mm-hmm. I find I find in um, uh, B2B, people start with the product first but first first we try to push people to start with the audience and not just know them but understand like what do they what do they want need and desire and why does this content need to exist and then and then the brand the b for the brand piece and how what's the the overlap and uh how what type of content will, will be aligned with our purpose fit with the brand but also not um push the brand boundaries a little bit and that um, if you do everything the same all the time, people start to zone you out. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, you want to kind of be a little, a little bit uh, you want to be innovative and, and, and fresh. And then the, the third part, which is um, the competition, you need to make sure you're doing stuff that is competitively unique and different. Um, Cause if we say, if you Google, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the all the cloud companies, right? They're all using blue. They're all sound pretty similar. And it's hard for a client to differentiate them. And if it's hard for them to differentiate, then it's, hard, and, then it's we're, we're really not doing ourselves justice and spending time and making it. So it starts there. And underneath that is a bunch of questions to ask yourself. Because um, I found it with creative, and content, and really with marketing overall, I don't want to give people checklists. I don't want to make them act like robots. I Mm -hmm. want to give them questions to think through to make sure they were doing thoughtful marketing. And that's really what I I try to do, is more uh, empower the people to make the right decisions versus telling them what to do, and try to give them some sort of guidance on on what you should be asking yourself in making something.
0: Well, I want to take that because It's going to sound like I'm pandering to you here, but quite, quite literally, um, I would use The Bonds of Trust, the documentary film that, that one of my favorite stories you did is The Bonds of Trust, right? For those that oh, listen, Google it, uh, it's on IBMOriginals.com. It highlights the tragedy and chaos of Hurricane Harvey caused in Texas and then the need for tech solutions to kind of help humanity, right? And there's such a fine line in engaging audiences authentically and not crossing that salesy line. Which I think you did wonderfully with this film. I kept waiting for it to happen. Candidly, as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, come on, here it is, because I, as someone, you know, you've done this, right? You've been at other places and in, in places like Digitas, where you're looking at clients, and the heavy handedness of clients, it's almost like they can't help themselves many times yep. of inserting the brand too forcefully yep. into the story. And you did it. You'd not then. I started looking at the other content, and it was consistently there, like. You never crossed that line with your stories, and I'm curious, how did you manage to indoctrinate this principle, which is really nuanced uh, within your culture?
1: Yes. Well, first, hire the right people. Um, I spent a lot of time when I first joined here, just getting to know the people, the skills, bringing some fresh uh, thinkers, and then helping them kind of indoctrinate the, the people who've been here for a while and kind of learn to do it a certain way. But the other thing is, I believe in the inherent nature of people to be human. And Mm -hmm. so if you give a creator permission to make something that they would want to watch, Mm -hmm. they're going to do it. It's just what happens is over time, brands uh, have too many uh, stakeholders Mm -hmm. who, who then all think they have a say, but no one really has a say. And then they end up mucking it all up and, and making it, making it look like a bill out of Congress that just is like, <laughs> like it's just a mashup, a bunch of stuff to make someone sign off on it, but really isn't great for anyone. Yep. Um, so that's the other thing. I believe in people, but I, I'd say it's not, it's not easy. Um, and there was, and there still continues to be um, change management that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an executive and a leader, but I'm also somewhat of a human psychologist and trying to trying to uh, help the people who've been here 30 plus years uh, reinvent our thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, what I, I've been fortunate enough uh, that I've had some budgets that I've been able to fund ideas that people see as risky and been able to show them that they work. And so the film that you talked about um, was a risk And I helped fund it 50-50 so that the brand, the team, the BU team would be willing to take a risk on it. Mm -hmm. And then once they saw that as a gated asset, it was one of their top performing things that we could actually create a great film, put it behind the gate. And for the people who are interested, they want to learn more about blockchain and how it works for their company. I mean, that... um, That changed minds, and now they want to do. Now they're the the GM for that business wants to do that stuff all the time. It's like we couldn't even keep up. So, uh, I'd say a lot of it is is it's 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 believing and empowering people and giving them them the green light to do it. But then it's then there's just a lot of change management, man. A lot of work.
0: And and you know I, I I failed to say that it's really like a subset of tech for good was blockchain for good, which this was yes. Uh, personified that and, and did so very well I can't recommend enough it's it, it if I were teaching a class on branded content like this this is this makes the cut and so I'm curious though, behind the scenes how did you measure success for bonds of trust like what did you what did you set up to be success for that project and then in in the rear view
1: how did you assess yeah. it? Uh, well I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you the, the real the real deal here my friend good um, <laughs> the, that's what we aim for here the, the team, the team want the team was using a uh, an ebook for in their in their journey. So we all of our campaigns have journeys, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we treat everything in marketing because we're budgeted quarterly like a campaign, mm-hmm. even though that's not the way audiences buy and behave. But we'll put that aside so that we have. So they had this ebook that I didn't believe was on brand, and I didn't believe uh, was the right thing to be using to begin the journey and i tried to preach for probably a year to tell them to swap it out hmm. <laughs> and because we're somewhat decentralized they can say no <laughs>
0: um,
1: and and uh it's one of the few places i've ever worked at where it's like um all of your all of your uh power is uh to get anything done is through influence of relationships not Mm. titles done anything Hmm. um but it's been a great leadership experience for me i really grown through this uh this being the case but so so i had so finally i just couldn't take (laughs) any more and i said i said let's make this thing together i believe in the story uh we got the GM for the business behind it and he was like, Oh my god, this is great, let's do it. And then we said, Oh, and we will also uh use it to um uh, uh be in we'll be we'll put it for, we'll be in a film festivals. So, sorry, this is part of the problem of doing this on a cell phone you get other calls coming through. No so problem. I don't know. <laughs> no I don't know if you're hearing that beeping. Um uh, but our original KPIs was to put an asset in the beginning of the journey that people engaged with and made them more likely to become a lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did that. We produced the film. We had to do it within a quarter. So we had to plan, film, and edit within a quarter, mm-hmm. which is tough for a 15-minute mini-doc. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we, we uh, put it online. And to see how it went, and it started performing really well, Um, and the audiences that were engaging with it were doing well, Um, and so that led us to uh, believe that we could be, uh, we could be more than just what the that we know works, because works is a measure of uh, the past, Mm -hmm. and we I wanted to redefine it to say. You think that works, but something could work a lot better because we haven't even tried it. Hmm. And uh, and so uh, it, we did. And I would say the blockchain team is one of our most innovative creative teams now. Um, and not just because of this. It's been a lot of people and efforts. And I, I mean, I would spend five minutes here naming all the people who helped make this possible. Um, well, it's but. I want That's to
0: jump in there because, George, it's interesting that you talked about the quarter to quarter, you know, corporate structure, right, from a budgeting mm-hmm. and campaign mentality because I want to shift here for a second. Another example of tech for good is, is call for code, which I think is the antithesis of a campaign. It's, it's in, a, in a positive way. Explain for our listeners uh, what call for code is.
1: Yes, I think call for code, well, what call for code is, it's a, it's a platform in which we uh, it's we're we believe in open source at IBM. And so when our team uh, and one of the, our developer advocates had the idea of let's create a platform for developers to use our technology and tools for free to solve some of the world's most difficult problems, we thought that's a good idea. But if IBM did that alone, that'd be an IBM hackathon, and that's mm-hmm. what all the other brands do. If we brought in our... Uh, 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 a non-for-profit, and we brought in other companies to be part of it. Then we have a coalition. Then we have a platform. Then we have a community,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's what we built. We built a community that we can uh, that we enable them with technology, and they approach challenges, whether it's uh, global warming, whether it's racism, whether it's uh, uh, COVID, all these different challenges that figure out how to use the most innovative tech to make. Uh, the world a little better place. And what's cool about it, so I, A, I believe this is the future of brand marketing, right, is, is brand experiences. Amen. I don't think that's a... Amen, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a surprise to, to anyone listening here, hopefully. But what what's cool about it is that um, we're not marketing our technology for them to code on. We're allowing them to use it for something that isn't related to their work. And so with the anticipation that they'll fall in love with it and want to use it more at work. Yep. Similar to how, uh, Apple, you know, got gets you hooked on your, your iPhone and then you need to buy an iMac. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. right. And, uh, and, and Amazon, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, brand is an experience that is, that is with you in, in, and gives you utility, not just when you're sitting at your desk at work, but utility, utility in your life. Thank and, you.
0: God, I think that
1: this is like this is
0: like you've got two points here, and this is the second. I want to go deeper here for a second because you literally have copy supporting this in some places on call for code that that says, "quote This is not a brand stunt," which I loved. Mm-hmm. It's actually in there. It's written. It's, but the mm-hmm. breadth and depth of this initiative, it's not a campaign. It's not a beginning, middle, and end. It's something I try to sing from the mountaintops, the clients, and in the industry as a whole. There's a financial commitment. There's a resource commitment there's a commitment to cultivating community to your point beyond the walls of your brand. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, it's a long game play. This isn't something you put up in quarter one and you know, you have to turn around to your colleagues and say, okay, let's talk about the KPIs in quarter two. And was this a success or a failure, right? This you're cultivating community takes time and energy and resources. And so from that perspective, how do you look at the resources that go into something like call for code, and and is it, uh, am I ascribing things to it that aren't necessarily true? Is this a long game play for you guys? It, it
1: is. It was. Uh, well, it takes um, a visionary leader um, to go to bat for you, right? You have to. I think you have yeah. to have a coalition. We have. We have. We have an ace in the hole where we have Bob Lord. So. Mm-hmm. Bob Lord came up through advertising, did a stint in media and others. So he gets the value of uh, engaging audiences and building brands over time. Uh, He also knew that our challenge was that we're trying to change uh, perceptions with a community called developers who block ads. So Mm -hmm. uh, I always tell my team, think of a world where every ad is blocked and every cookie is gone. What Mm -hmm. would you do? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this is it. I think mm-hmm. this is it. And so Bob, he had to go to the CEO and present this, this case for this. It is, it's a, I think it was a five-year commitment when it first started, maybe got extended, but it is, uh, people, budget and resources aside to run, um, a, a community platform. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's not that far fetched for us marketers because, no. We put the same stuff aside to run Facebook, Twitter, and other social platforms. Why don't we put it aside to run brand platforms? Yep. Um, I and, think it's a model it's, just,
0: it's a yeah. it's a it's a model of, to your point, brand experience that's providing utility and value to a community, right? In a way that's like enmeshing. It's it's just awesome. Kudos to you guys. It's
1: great. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate so it. It's fun.
0: Pivoting to artificial intelligence. It's emerging as an increasing force in the content studio world. Obviously, IBM is a global leader in the category. I'm, I'm curious how you, <laughs> yourself, at IBM Originals and the teams are, are using AI now and where you see it going for you in the future from a
1: content perspective. Oh, okay. So when I first started here, I my vision for the team was to build the most AI-powered content studio in the world. And I actually wanted to call it Watson Studio. Hmm. That was my brand for it. Hmm. And, uh, then at the time, David Kenny, who is a former digital was leading Watson. And, um, he was, he, he named a product Watson studio at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> shoot, it was like an analytics dude. It wasn't even like a, a uh, <laughs> anyway, so I was like, shoot. So I had to, I had to pivot and, um, I'm glad I did, but my, whether I do it, uh, at IBM or, or everyone around the world does it. It better be a better place. But I, I think, um, AI is, a uh, as your companion for, um, marketing mm-hmm. uh, is, is just a no brainer to me. Um, and, and so, so yes, yeah, so we are, so what we're doing now So we use AI through a lot of things like helping us tag content Mm -hmm. we use, we use AI through to for uh, helping us translate content for the first time and web pages. Um, And then we validate with humans, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we also do it. We're also doing it for other things. So we have a, we built an AI system uh, based on Watson that helps um, look at your brief and recommend the, the, uh content to reuse versus making something Hmm. and and so we're trying to infuse it into every part of the workflow um but not just ai blockchain blockchain should be used for rights management of content how many times have we put stuff up there and then we forget to take it down and then we get we get a little note from someone illegal or something Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. so uh or you know, um, so I, I see blockchain playing a role in there. I see the, the cloud continuing to help. And I think Adobe plays uh, has probably doing some of the best job with connecting their tools to the cloud so you can uh, create and edit content um, everywhere. Uh, and then I see uh, AI being kind of like your, uh, your assistant with you um, while you're trying to plan and execute content.
0: Super cool. Okay, so this isn't your first rodeo. Last question before we go to a couple uh, personal things here: you've yeah. essentially built out Discovery's internal content studio. You've been on the outside looking in of companies that, while you're at Digitas, and now obviously the running IBM Originals. I'm I'm really curious from your C-suite position, as you look at the listeners that are colleagues of yours, both, you know, from Fortune 500 company content studios down to like the two person team at a, at a small business. What are some of the key lessons you talked about? Obviously hire good people, but now that you're this far in IBM originals, what advice do you have to brand content studio executives out there?
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of advice. Um, my, I would say that there's uh, the first thing is don't, I would, I would not spend as much time, thinking about uh, the brand name for your studio uh, because really what's more important is the culture. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time, you know, ideating, trying to figure out what's going to be our brand and, and who we are. But I got to tell you, I'm on my third CMO since being here mm-hmm. at, at IBM. Um, CMOs come and go. Uh, people mm-hmm. always want to change things. So uh, I would say the more important thing is, focus on getting, uh, the right culture and, uh, not just a creative culture of people who can make things, but people who can make things within the culture of your, the rest of your company. Mm Um, I think a lot of brands (laughs) go and they try to create, um, a brand studio often like in a separate office building Mm -hmm. off in Brooklyn, totally insulated from the rest of the business. (laughs) And, and that, that, uh, that works for some, and I think it'll work for a while. But I, then, then all you really are is just a better, like a lower cost version, and maybe a slightly better version of an external agency. Mm-hmm. If if you really want to um, get to know the business and try to think about how to uh, add value in different ways, I think you need to be a little closer to the business. Hmm. So um, I don't, I don't. I mean, again, I'm not suggesting centralized or decentralized because that is based upon. The rest of the business but i do suggest that you get to know the business and um and hire the right creative team that can uh, thrive within the broader context of the business
0: i think uh, that i think that's an awesome we're having that conversation here just like that that nuance of a creative understanding how what you're doing to your point of questions ties mm-hmm. into the overall business goals right like what how threading that needle and Uh, Like I said, it's why I'm so excited to have you on. You guys do it better than anybody. All right, so personal front, and then we're home here. Morning must, give us a sneak peek inside George Hammer's email inbox, social media feeds. What do you consume as part of your daily routine to stay on top of content studio business intelligence?
1: Oh, gosh. so, uh, email, I get too many emails. I probably, if, if you're out, if you're out there and like a salesperson or whatever, I apologize, but I probably just, I just don't respond to email. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably my greatest weakness because I know there are some really good people with great intentions that want to, mm-hmm. but if you're a brand, if you're a person who works at a brand, you're overwhelmed by, uh, content tech p- partners, vendors mm-hmm. and partners hitting you up. It seems like the, the, advertising and content tech landscape uh, <laughs> landscape is just uh, gotten out of control and um, you just got, you, you just please just all consolidate down to 10 companies and then, and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't do it. So, uh, so that's, so I, I tend and I, you know, I, I love Slack. So I'm a big Slack person. So okay. I, I, Slack with most people. We create, I have a, uh, a weekly showcase with my team and people around the company anyone can attend and it's a uh showcase of the uh the best content inside and outside ibm so we can get inspired that's awesome and i think you have to build that type of muscle and time into your calendar otherwise it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. i think there's the, the the you could fill up your whole calendar with other meetings and so we do that i have i actually have someone on my team whose job is to find people inside IBM are doing great work, find people outside of IBM doing great work, curate those people almost like a, an art curator for a museum and then mm. bring them in and meet, and meet the team. I love that. Uh, and so that, that's it. And then the, the other I, there are a few communities I'm part of that I uh, uh, love because there are leaders uh, in those communities and I, mm. and I like to learn from others. So, I mean, I, I participate a lot in the ANA because I think they are um, mm-hmm. they pull cool together the best of the brands. Uh, and there's a few uh, um, you know uh, content events I go to but I try to go to the places where uh, people are that I that I know and like and I just want to catch up with and spend time and ask them how, what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know so it's it's I guess I'm I'm a uh, I'm a little I'm a little I guess'm a little overwhelmed by the amount of potential to connect with yep. so I, I kind of almost Made it part of my team's mission to to curate that for me. That's awesome. <laughs> All
0: right, so for fun, final question: bedside bookstand. What's uh What's next to the bed that you're reading? Just for fun, or something they recently read?
1: You know, I we we recently had on our big annual event Think. Uh, it's called Think. They mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a professor come speak. His name is Adam Grant. Oh yeah. And sure. Yeah and yeah i like him and he and and he just did a book called pink again so it was kind of random his book was the same thing to our event um but you know what i i i follow him on linkedin now and he says such um short pithy but i believe I, yeah but I, I i almost like you know i must feel like he's 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 like uh who I would want to be if I was a professor. Yeah, so, I agree, I'm, Agreed. Yeah, so I'm a fan. I mean, his last post I really liked, which was like something around, you know, people who speak up, you know, good leaders listen, uh, great leaders uh, kind of uh, advance those people, mm-hmm. and bad leaders fire them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that's the key. So true, and big companies, the people who are like the devil's advocate are often the ones who are thrown out yep, yep. so he's got he's got i don't know i don't know how he has the time to figure out how to stuff up but uh, but uh because he doesn't have
0: 700 book. people in 18 business units that's how that's exactly <laughs> i'm how. digging his
1: book yeah, yeah so he's good well
0: george hammer thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh share your insights kudos to you and your team from those of us in the content community uh really admire what you've built and what you're
1: Thank you. Thank you for the time. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Charman and on LinkedIn.